Welcome back, mere mortalites. Today, I have a book review for you. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Now, this is going to be an interesting book review because I began this one with a little bit of trepidation. I had a particular interview with Karen and someone else actually mentioned to me that this book was an excellent one and it would give me a bit of a kick in the guts in terms of getting me up and doing some work. And we'll see how that ended up going. So I'm going to split it up into a couple of portions. You would have heard a couple of the book reviews that Karen has done. He is amazing at them. So I've taken some tips and tricks from him and I'm going to bring to you a little bit of a more cohesive book review today. So I'm going to begin with my little first part in The War of Art, a little bit of a background on the actual book itself. First of all, written in 2002 by Stephen Pressfield. Now, Stephen is best known for some of his non Fictional, sorry, the fictional um, writings that he's done, uh, especially some of the historical fictional items. Uh, one of the ones that I know Karen has read and maybe many others have, but it was one of the bigger ones that he came out, out with after many, many years was the, the legend of uh, Bag of Ants and also Gates of Fire amongst many others. So he he's written obviously quite a lot of uh, books now as well. He used to be a screenwriter, Stephen, and in the actual book of The War of Art, he talk, talks a little bit uh, of the bits and pieces on he wasn't an overnight success. He spent many, many years trying to get to where he was and he had a lot of tribulations in the process. As And you'll see a lot of resistance as well. So the themes of the book and, and the book in general. So what can I, when I say about it? It's split up into three parts. So it was split into essentially three books. So one part of that book is Resistance defining the enemy, then the combining of resistance and that's turning pro, combating resistance, turning pro, and then beyond resistance, the higher realm. Now, when I was talking about this uh, a little bit earlier on the war of art and the kick in the guts that it was, the first part of the book, the defining uh, resistance, I guess, resistance defining the enemy was a little bit, it was good, but it wasn't great for me. So I'll give you an idea and I might just flick this up. It talks about the way that it's structured in the book. It's almost, it's not even chapter by chapter. The book is split into small little pieces of information that might encapsulate almost a, a chapter, but it's almost a paragraph by paragraph piece. So I'll give you a couple of ideas when it's defining resistance or defining the enemy. Resistance is internal, resistance is insidious, resistance is implacable or it's impersonal. So there's almost this, this various definitions that come about. And the way that I started with the book, I wasn't too keen on it. I read it and it did keep me wanting to read it and there's definitions and the, very, uh, the many weights of resistance. But it, it wasn't drawing me in as much. And I can recall it was around page 37 or 38 where I even mentioned to Kyron, Gee, I, I don't know about this book, man. I, I don't know if I can keep, you know, if I'm getting as much as I, I thought originally it was going to be. But I persevered on. And at least what it did see, it set the book for a little bit of a contest. It defined the enemy in its various ways. And Stephen, one thing I can say about this book after reading through the whole thing is the way that Stephen writes makes me, want, first of all, it makes me want to go read all of his other uh, fictional writings because he just has this no nonsense slash comedic take on, on the writing that you just get to get see right through what he's actually thinking. You almost feel like you're sitting with Steven as he's sharing this um, almost through an audio or you're just having a conversation with him. So I really, really enjoyed that. 
the first portion of that book is setting what is resistance, what is stopping the creatives and the subtitle of the book is break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. And Stephen talks about the resistance being this overwhelming entity or power that's stopping you from going ahead and doing things. And that's through a, a variety of things. So then the actual second portion of the book is uh, combating resistance and that's turning pro. And that's where he brings a few discussions of uh, he himself, uh, some of the things that you know Stephen did and that's true th- sharing a bit of stories and obviously some examples as well from others. But that starts to get into the habit of what do professionals do? They say, again, going back to the book, they look to, uh, it's rationalizing, seeking order, uh, being patient. And again, it's broken down in the same way of almost a couple of paragraphs per chapter and then going through. So again, uh, professional seeks order, acts in the face of fear, demystifies. So they're not little they're not bits of that you would take away and say okay this is my action but it is little blurbs that you go ah dang i can see how this relates to a part of my life especially if you're trying to get through those inner creative blocks and the more i read into it especially a turning pro period i thought "Mm, okay this time get pretty juicy and then came the third third book which is beyond resistance the higher realm and this is where this is where the book really really you can really take it probably two ways because Stephen starts talking a little bit and he prefaces it as well in this particular chapter. I'll, I'll bring it up. Um, it's the angels in the abstract is sort of the first part of it. And just to read the the small quote that he has at the beginning of it from Xenophon, the Calvary commander. He talks about the first duty is to sacrifice to the gods and pray them to grant you the thoughts words and deeds likely to render your command most pleasing to the gods and to bring yourself, your friends and your city to the fullest measure of affection and glory and advantage. Now, it sets the scene for the third portion of the book as he starts referring to the muse, the angels, the gods and that sort of wording I know can turn off a lot of people, myself included. I started reading it with a little bit again of trepidation thinking, oh, he's going to get it too far down the line of uh, angelic realms or uh, what have you. But he didn't. It was just his his way of uh, explaining it. But he was quite clear that it could be emulated in whichever um, mode of mind that you were thinking around. And it was actually incredibly powerful. One of the most powerful things. And that's where I'm going to... Uh, actually, before I get that, just to finish off. So that third theme of the book it really just started to talk about what is beyond specifically the thoughts process between uh, territory and hierarchy. A couple of the other ones is the ego and the self and the movement between uh, what is considered the ego and how it wants to act in the now and remain quite uh, still in the self, which wants to improve and wants to be learning and what's beyond the self. And that's where he gets into these higher realms and these higher states. There's a couple of other really interesting quotes in there, but I won't drain it for you too much. Now, if that's sort of the themes of the book in general, it's all about what's stopping you from doing it, what should you be doing to get yourself pro, and what's the beyond, what's the higher realms, what's these otherworldly presence or feelings that can get you on your way. And it did prove to me that as I read on and on and on, as Karen suggested by the tail end of the book, I was just consuming it um, as fast as possible in a way that I just wanted to get get stuck into it. And by the end, I really, really enjoyed it. So for me, it was actually a 8 out of 10, I believe. Let me just confirm that. It was. It was an 8 out of 10. So I really, really enjoyed it. 
Um, the key theme that I took away from it as well. So for me, it was a difference between the, the hierarchical mindset and the ter- territorial one. Um, I'm just going to read probably a, a piece of it directly from Stephen again, uh, because he obviously says the best. So one of the two orientations so this hierarchical territorial, the hierarchical seems to be the default setting. It's the one that kicks in automatically when we're kids. We run naturally in packs and clicks without thinking about it. We know who's the top dog and who's the underdog. And we know our own place. We define ourselves instinctively, it seems, by our position within the schoolyard, the gang, the club. But it's really, it's only in later in life, usually after a stern education, in the, in the University of Hard Knocks, that we begin to explore the territorial alternative. And for some of us, this saves our lives. And he goes into some descriptions and story and how it actually saved his. But this was quite revolutionary for me in terms of a key takeaway because I didn't expect it going into it. I thought, uh, you know, territory versus hierarchy, I get it and it's not going to be applied everywhere. But what it really opened my eyes was to how many places in my current day-to-day I'm still stuck in a hierarchy mindset. And what that means is it's still in this pretense and thought, let's talk about it from the podcast perspective, that you have your top dogs, you have your Joe Rogans, your Tim Ferrisses, you have Jocko on one corner, you have um, the property couch if you're looking at property from an Australian perspective, all these things. And hierarchically, looking at charts, looking at rankings, looking at numbers, you can get drawn into this battle of trying to achieve things and trying to get up above this particular person. And the whole conversation, especially when it comes to an artistic uh, flair or, or push forward is that you start valuing that over the actual content or the actual uh, artistic piece that you're producing and the territorial mindset is much more around understanding as say me and mortals podcast we're producing book reviews themed content discussions all about and tailored to learning striving for excellence especially through me and mortals what me and mortals learn both you myself Karen and the others that we interview and many, many other things. And that's our territory. It it got me to think, well, that's the territory that we want to be playing at. It it doesn't really matter whether there's even more people doing that and they're higher ranked or the lower ranked. It's a good conversation. It's a good comparison, but the territory should be where you're aligned to. And for me, that's what I took away that it's got to be territory focused first in terms of what is the work that you're doing and what you're focusing on and other things are going to be auxiliary it isn't going to be the focus because i can really take it away so that was the the little key key takeaway from myself so again as i mentioned the war of art eight out of ten it i was i was gonna i was gonna give it probably like a six out of ten as i began reading it through for the first couple of pages but if you do get it stick to it because as it goes through uh, there's a lot of wisdom that I picked up and it'd be interesting to hear what others thought about it as well. So, so much so, so that I enjoyed The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield that I am going to do a little bit of my own learnings as well as a, as a bonus episode. So be on the lookout for that when it comes out. But for now, that's all from me. Mere Mortals, this has been a book review of The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I hope you enjoy. One out.